All right, y'all, I'm going to go ahead and say a quick word of prayer and then we'll get started. Father, we thank you so much for everything that you are and all that you do. We honor you. We bless you. You are so good. There is no one like you, Lord. There is no one like you, Lord. And we just want you, Lord, to be in this place. We invite you here. We ask, Lord, that you move. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will minister to the hearts and the minds of everyone in this room. That whatever it is that you have for us today, that you want us to take from, to learn from, I pray, Lord, we'll be able to do so. And I pray, Father, that if there's any hindrance or distraction, that it won't win. We come against anything that the enemy may try to do, and we declare victory. And I pray that, Father, we will leave here with what it is you have for us that we won't leave empty-handed. Thank you for being such a good, good father. And I thank you, Lord, for your scripture. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your mercies. May we continue to have a deeper understanding of who you are and what you mean to us. And how much we mean to you. So, Father, you are invited. Take over. I submit myself to you. And we ask that you have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, y'all. Um, yeah, it's okay. I was thinking about doing an activity, but I don't know if we'll have time for that. So, uh, maybe next time. <laughs> Maybe next time, sorry y'all. Uh, but we do have a couple videos, so that should be exciting. <laughs> anyway, all right, so as you all know, Auntie Eunice has already said it, but what are we, what is our theme for this month? Righteousness, awesome. <clears throat> all right, so does anybody know the biblical definition of righteousness? Okay, according to what I found, right? Um, one of the, I guess, simpler, there's a lot of different definitions, but one of the simpler definitions, and again, this is like a biblical, I mean, not, sorry, this is not a biblical definition, okay? It says, behavior that is morally justifiable or right, okay? So that is how, I guess, in the world, right, we define righteousness. Behavior that is morally justifiable or right. Now, my question to you all is, what is morally justifiable or right? How do we determine what is justifiably morable? Mor wow. <laughs> justifiable or right? How do we, how do we, 
determine what that is. Nobody? So say you, I'm, I feel like I'm terrible with examples. Um, say you're in a situation, okay? And say you're at school and someone did something to you that you did not like and you responded by then doing something that was, I guess, let's say, let's say you did something that you know they wouldn't like. Is that right? Is that justifiable? Someone said yes. <laughs> okay, so I'm just, I'm just gonna repeat this, okay? Someone did something to you that you did not like. You then respond by doing something you know they don't like. Is that right? <laughs> it's fair, but it's not right. <laughs> Why is it not right? Okay, so Steve, he says it doesn't solve the problem. Okay. Now, someone said it's fair. I think it was also Steve. <laughs> oh, Zach, you said fair? Why do you think it's fair? Or if anybody else agrees with that statement, why would it be fair? Say it again. It just is. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thank you. All right, now, how do I, okay. In this life that we live, right, and as humans, people, persons, anyway, there are certain things that we know are right or wrong, right? and we go by it, we live by it, but there are some things that sometimes are not very clear, right? It's a little more of a gray area, right? Like, so example, the very example that I provided, while some of you guys said it's not right, you guys said that it's fair, right? So it may be justifiable. Now, imagine if each and every one of us had our own um, idea of what is right and wrong, right? We're all going according to what we believe. Yeah, like just our own understanding of what is right and wrong, right? So I guess another example I could give is, again, you're upset by something that someone did to you, right? and say somebody responds by going to them and saying, hey, I don't like what you did, right? Versus, versus just retaliating or getting back at them and doing something else that they didn't like, right? If you look at those two different responses, 
You may have some that say one is right versus the other, or vice versa. Can you imagine how crazy, and I think we live, we, we live in this world actually now, right? Where we somehow have become judge, right? We have somehow determined what is right, what is wrong in every situation, in every circumstance. And we go by that. How can we say, right, if there are certain things that we believe is right, how can we tell somebody else that they're not right? Right? So I feel like this is one of those things that can be very like circular and you find yourself kind of going down a rabbit hole. Have you guys heard that term before, going down a rabbit hole? Okay, I'm just trying to make sure I'm not just, you know, because I'd be making stuff up sometimes. Um, ultimately, right, it's important that we know and that we understand that as Christians, our basis for what we determine is right and wrong is solely scripture. It is the word of God. Without the word of God, when we start to make our own judgments about what is right and what is wrong, we find ourselves butting heads a lot of the time because we never fully understand what someone else deems to be right or wrong. You do something that's right, someone else tells you no, that's wrong, and vice versa, right? It's a hot, big old mess. Because <laughs> when you look at the root of it, we're doing what we believe, right? Based upon our own belief what we think, maybe our experiences started to shape what we believe is right or wrong. And it just starts to get very, very messy, right? And again, scripture should be our basis for knowing what is right or wrong. So when I ask what defines morally justifiable or right? Our answer should be scripture. Thank you. Right? So if anybody ever asks you when you're in school, well, maybe school is not probably a good example, but um, as a believer, that is what we believe, right? That the scripture is true and that's what's right and that's what we're going to base our decisions, our thoughts, after, okay? Now, um, when we talk about righteousness, and Kojo had hit on this, um, he talked about it a couple weeks ago. Do you guys remember what we talked about when, when Kojo was speaking? What'd you say? No, that was the week before, I think. Not gossiping, no. We also talked, we talked about righteousness. It was the first week we talked about righteousness. There was a specific person that he talked about. Y'all don't remember? What'd you say? Did you say the love story? Abraham. Y'all don't remember that corny video he put up there? You don't remember? Oh. <laughs> yeah, there we go, Father Abraham. <laughs> okay. Um, 
So in scripture, right, I, I believe, don't quote me on this, but I think I believe um, that in terms of righteousness, right, and God viewing someone as righteous, I believe Abraham was like the first example that was presented in the Bible to us as righteousness. God viewed Abraham as righteous. Um, and we also learned that week, right, that it was through his faith. It was through his faith that he was credited righteousness, right? None of us are righteous on our own. We can go feed the homeless, go heal the sick, um, you know, do all kinds of stuff, provide funds for people who are less fortunate. The fact is there's nothing good that we do that is righteous. The scripture says that even our good, the things that we deem to be righteous, is as filthy rags to God. Because the fact is, none of us are perfect. None of us are truly righteous. Okay? We're all stained by sin. It's God, right? who gives us that righteousness. That's why, in Jesus, that's why the scripture specifically says that it's only through our faith in Christ that we become righteous, okay? Now, I hope that, I'm gonna show some videos in a bit, um, and I hope that helps to kind of better explain or kind of give you a better visual of what we're talking about here today, okay? Now, in addition to righteousness, right, I started to recognize that a lot of times in scripture, righteousness is paired with justice, right? We talk about doing the right thing, but also when we judge or we judge one another, right, we judge our behaviors and our decisions and all that sort of thing. You find that in scripture, it's paired quite a bit. Um, and so I think it's good to talk about this hand in hand, right? So I want us to talk a little bit about justice, right? We're still talking about righteousness, but how they all work together. So at this time, we're going to go through, I want us to read three scriptures. Okay, so uh, the first scripture, let's go to Proverbs 31, verse 8. Proverbs 31, verse 8. Would anybody like to read that one? Oh, so it's actually eight and nine, my bad. Eight and nine. Sayings of King Lemuel. The sayings of King Lemuel. An inspired utterance his mother taught him. Listen, my son. Listen, son of my womb. Listen, my son. The answer to my prayers. Do not spend your strength on women. Oh. Oh, sorry. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. Amen. 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 Amen
All right, so in that scripture we see, right? It says, my, at least my version says, judge righteously. It says, judge fairly, okay? Let's go to Jeremiah 22, verse 3. Jeremiah chapter 22, verse 3. Jeremiah 22, verse 3. Who would like to read that one for me? The Lord says, do what is fair and right. Save those who have been robbed. Set them free from the people who have treated them badly. Do not do anything wrong to outsiders or widows in this place. Do not harm children whose fathers have died. Do not kill those who are not guilty of doing anything wrong. Amen. Thank you. And again, um, your scripture also used um, fair and it says... I forget what words it used, but still, we're talking about the same thing here. All right, so mine says, uh, thus says the Lord, do justice and righteousness and deliver from the hand of the oppressor him who has been robbed. And then, you know, there's the rest of that, right? Um, now, last one, Psalm 146. Psalm 146. Verse 7, Psalm 146. Ready, Stephen? 7 and 9. Sorry. <laughs> which executed judgment for the oppressed, which giveth food to the hungry. The Lord looseth the prisoners. The Lord openeth the eyes of the blind. The Lord raiseth them that are bowed down. The Lord loveth the righteous. The Lord preserveth the strangers. He relieveth the fatherless and the widow. But the way of the wicked, he turneth upside down. Thank you. So from these three scriptures alone, we see um, kind of a theme here, right? About doing right um, to, our, to our brothers, to our sisters to people who are oppressed, to people who are less fortunate than us, right? Um, so I thought that was really good to highlight. We know that just, just from the scripture alone, we get a sense that justice and righteousness is a really, really big deal to God, right? And that's why it was so important that he had set somebody out, right? He set Abraham apart. And we all know, you know, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? He set Abraham apart, so that he can set that example of righteousness and doing justice to others, okay? So at this time, we're gonna move on to our video. Hopefully it doesn't give me any issues, guys. Can I have someone turn off the lights, please? No! Wait, sorry, y'all. No, what happened? <gasps>
If you were a praying mantis, it would be socially acceptable to devour your mates. And if you're a honey badger, you have no regard for other animals. You don't care. If you're a panda with twins, it's normal to abandon one to take care of the other. But if humans do any of these things, we would call it wrong, unfair, or unjust. Yeah, why is that? Why do humans care so much about justice? Well, the Bible has a fascinating response to that question. On page one, humans are set apart from all other creatures as the image of God. Yeah, God's representatives who rule the world by his definition of good and evil. And this identity is the bedrock of the Bible's view of justice. All humans are equal before God and have the right to be treated with dignity and fairness no matter who you are. And that would be nice if we all did that, but we know how the world really works. And the Bible addresses that too. It shows how we are constantly redefining good and evil to our own advantage at the expense of others. Yeah, self-preservation. And the weaker someone is, the easier it is to take advantage of them. And so in the biblical story, we see this happening on a personal level, but also in families, and then in communities, and in whole civilizations that create injustice, especially towards the world. But the story doesn't end there. Out of this whole mess, God chose a man named Abraham to start a new kind of family. Specifically, Abraham was to teach his family to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice. Yeah, doing righteousness, that's a Bible word I don't really use, but what comes to mind is being a good person. But what does that even mean, being good? The biblical Hebrew word for righteousness is tzedakah, and it's more specific. It's an ethical standard that refers to right relationships between people. It's about treating others as the image of God, with the God-given dignity they deserve. And this word justice, it's the Hebrew word mishpat. It can refer to retributive justice. Like if I steal something, I pay the consequences. Exactly. Yet most often in the Bible, mishpat refers to restorative justice. It means going a step further, actually seeking out vulnerable people who are being taken advantage of and helping them. Yeah, some people call this charity. But mishpat involves way more. It means taking steps to advocate for the vulnerable and changing social structures to prevent injustice. So justice and righteousness are about a radical, selfless way of life. Yeah, and you find this idea all over the Bible. Like here, in the book of Proverbs, what does it mean to bring about just righteousness? Open your mouth for those who can't speak for themselves. And what do these words mean for the prophets, like Jeremiah? Rescue the disadvantaged, and don't tolerate oppression or violence against the immigrant, the orphan, and like here, look in the book of Psalms. The Lord God upholds justice for the oppressed, gives food to the hungry, and sets the prisoner free. But he thwarts the way of the wicked. Whoa, he thwarts the wicked? Yeah, in Hebrew, the word wicked is rasha. It means guilty or in the wrong. It refers to someone who mistreats another human, ignoring their dignity as an image of God. So justice and righteousness is a big deal to God. Yes, it's what Abraham's family, the Israelites, were to be all about. They ended up as immigrant slaves, being oppressed unjustly And so God confronted Egypt's evil, declaring them to be rasha, guilty of injustice. And so he rescued Israel. But the tragic irony of the Old Testament story is that these redeemed people went on to commit the same acts of injustice against the whole world. And so God sent prophets who declared Israel, Guilty. But they weren't the only ones. There's injustice everywhere. Yeah, some people actively perpetrate injustice. 
Others receive benefits or privileges from unjust social structures they take for granted. And sadly, history has shown that when the oppressed gain power, they often become oppressors themselves. So we all participate in injustice, actively or passively, even unintentionally. We're all the guilty ones. And so this is the surprising message of the biblical story. God's response to humanity's legacy of injustice is to give us a gift, the life of Jesus. He did righteousness and justice, and yet he died on behalf of the guilty. But then God declared Jesus to be the righteous one when he rose from the dead. And so now Jesus offers his life to the guilty so that they too can be declared righteous before God, not because of anything they've done, but because of what Jesus did for them. The earliest followers of Jesus experienced this righteousness from God, not just as a new status, but as a power that changed their lives and compelled them to act in surprising new ways. Yeah, if God declared someone righteous when they didn't deserve it, the only reasonable response is to go and seek righteousness and justice for others. This is a radical way of life, and it's not always convenient or easy. It's courageously making other people's problems my problems. This is what Jesus meant by loving your neighbor as yourself. It's about a lifetime commitment fueled by the words of the ancient prophet Micah. God has told you, humans, what is good and what the Lord requires of you is to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Hey, this is John and Tim from the Bible Project. Thanks for... some things that you guys kind of picked up from those from from that video anything that's you know you went mm. Thank you for that. I don't know about y'all, but it got me at the end um, when I'm such an animated person. I love cartoons. But anyway, um, uh, at the end, when that white kind of sash came on the hand of the person who, you know, received the righteousness, you know, after Christ. And then it like turned into like a what do they call it? A horn thing. What are those things called? Megaphone. It turned into a megaphone. But did you see when he went and he went? He put his head down. Did you guys see that? Because it said something about now that we've received this righteousness, now that we've received, you know, this from God, we need to now go on and, and, and do the same for others. I don't know. I just thought it was so realistic when he just looked like, I have to do this. 
But yeah, I, I thought that was an awesome animation. There's something to that. Those who are oppressed, when you finally gain the freedom, you tend to pay back. And I saw that. Yeah. Well, now I'm almost so on top. Now I have my freedom. Now I can show you. If we find it all over in the world, we are among ourselves. When somebody does something, that is not good. And we tend to pay the person that is the righteousness of God. Mm -hmm. jealous. And so you are receiving all the pain. Because you don't pay back yeah. something that somebody has done to you that is something is So you have to be careful that what somebody is doing to us today, you know. Thank you for that, um, Bishop. I'm, and I'm glad he hit on that because I think it was before you had walked in here when we were talking initially about, um, I provided an example, right? If somebody did something bad to you and you go, you respond by saying doing something bad back to them or doing something that they don't like, you know, and someone said, well, you know, it's not right, but it's fair, right? Um, and it's interesting because I think we have a tendency of wanting to get back and 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 have revenge, you know, level the playing field, as it was said before. And we realize that that actually isn't right, that that actually is injustice, that only justice is in the hands of God, because you don't know really that person's story. You don't know what's going on, you know, in their circumstance. I think about I mean, shoot, we have all kinds of crime and murder and things like that. There was a few, some time ago when we watched the Shaq movie, if you guys, some of y'all remember, when that man, uh, the main character, his daughter was murdered, right? And he wanted so badly to get back at the person who murdered his child, you know? And he would say things like, she was so innocent, she didn't deserve that. And he deserves everything that he's got coming to him, you know? And God had to sit him down and say, you have to forgive him. <laughs> because really at the end of the day, we're all broken. We're all messed up. And you also see in that very movie, there's a clip where when he was a child, he was the, the murderer of his child. As when he was a child, he was also very much abused. Um, and so that kind of, you know, unfortunately groomed him into this person now who's going out murdering young kids. Um, it's, it's a very, very hard topic, right? It's, it's very hard, but I think as believers, my prayer, my hope is that we don't get caught up in what the world says because the world wants to have revenge. The world says, no, what you did was not right. And so what I'm going to do in response is right. How, how do you, how, how do we, how can we say that? God says we have to leave the battles to him. He has got to fight it because we don't know the full story. We don't know the full picture. And if ever we're in a situation where we feel in our hearts that we want to do harm to somebody because we were hurt, we've got to check our hearts. It's not easy. But when we start to try and take that and say, oh no, I gotta get him back, I gotta do this, I gotta do that. It was not right for them to do this to me. We're also telling God we don't need him. 
And sometimes God sits back and let us do what we want to do. And then we find ourselves in more trouble than we needed to be. Right? So, kind of closing up here. Um, you know, I think sometimes too, we like to justify and kind of make excuses for things. Right? The fact is, biblically speaking, there's only righteousness and there's wickedness. That's it. Right? It's one or the other. And when we think of righteousness, right, we know that we are holding on to God. We trust God. Right? We're taking on his righteousness because we can't be righteous on our own. We need to learn to accept that as believers. Okay. So, um, on the other coin, right, on the other side of the coin with that, if you think about wickedness, that's being self-centered. Someone who doesn't revere God, you don't honor God, right? Don't respect God. You want to take things into your own hands. Let's not be wicked. <laughs> Let's try our best to stick close to God and walk in his righteousness and holiness. Because without him, we can't do it. Okay? Are there any questions or comments so far? Nothing? All right. Oh, sure. That's a good question. Anybody have any answer for that? Just a nope. Um, no. <laughs> oh, sure. Bishop. I'm trying to. I'm responsible. Like, we are Christians. And so. The, the what we say the righteousness right or wrong is, is comes from the Bible and so God has given us this responsibility to see Christian and now we go out there and see people misusing things abusing things and we know from the Bible what is good and right what should be our response be how do we interact with those people Yes. 
Um, I like your question, Bishop. Um, it's a very good one. It's a very thought-provoking one. Um, I feel like in my own situation, I would probably sit and reflect on myself. That thing that I feel like I want that person to do because, oh, as a Christian, we shouldn't be doing this. So them too, they shouldn't be doing this. I feel like if I myself am not practicing that, I don't really have any right to go and tell them, okay, what you're doing is wrong. I feel like I would just pray for them and then pray for myself as well if I realize that like I'm no better than them like doing the same thing. I don't know if that makes sense. I wanna just kind of piggyback off what Olivia said. Um, I think it, it was good what, what you said. Initially when Bishop asked the question, my thought was, well, it depends on the circumstance, right? <laughs> there may be times where you need to go to someone in love and be like, hey, some things are not adding up here. Like, this is what the scripture says. And to me, this doesn't seem like it aligns, right? Um, but also, going off of, um, piggybacking off what Olivia said, we have to be very careful about what's in our hearts. Because there are a lot of people, and I know y'all know these people, who are self-righteous Christians, okay? They like to go around and tell folks what they're doing wrong. We have to ask ourselves what the intention of our heart is. Because if we're going around telling people how to do things right, but we're not doing things right, we got an issue, right? There's a scripture that talks about how do you take a speck out of your brother's eye? If you have a log in your eye, you can't see clearly if you still have a log in your eye to be able to take out a speck out of somebody else's, right? And I think those are things we kind of have to be very careful of, be very weary of, because there are times where we will need to speak up. There were people all throughout the Bible who spoke up on God's behalf. But we also need to make sure it's coming out of a pure heart, one that's being led by the Holy Spirit, not from our own flesh. Because when it's led from our own flesh, it becomes self-righteousness. And then essentially you're doing the same thing. Like it, it, it yeah. <laughs> I think that, that's what I would say, but. I thought that was good. Okay. Any thoughts, ladies and gentlemen? How do you approach people in school, at home, at job places? What will you do if you encounter such situations? Thank you. Okay. I, I think yeah. the key word that you use love. Mm -hmm. uh, in the most popular verse in the Bible, John 3 16, for God so loved the world. So God gave us responsibility came from the love that God has for us. And it's his righteousness, as we said. It's not our righteousness. Mm -hmm. So the love that we have for you, that you have for your fellow. So you go to the person in love. Not that you are guilty, you are guilty. But you go there in love. The way you say it, how you communicate, the body language tells everybody you are Christian or not. Last week, I listened to a judge who is going to sentence a policewoman for shooting somebody. Mm. And the kind of thing that she said before sentencing, like she's speaking out of love. Though you deserve this, but. So brothers and sisters, as, as we gather as Christians, Christians are forgiving people. So when you go out and let the world see that God has forgiven you and you're speaking out of that love. 
that right that righteousness is for God and you tap into it and you act the same. So the, the, I saw in the movie how people were the way the the levels like coming up, going mm. down, coming up. And you see people bringing people up. And then it's, it's all about the, the mercies of God that is working. So I, I think when we go out in love, we may affect people in, with our lives. Thank you. Amen. So if there are no more questions or comments, thank you, Bishop. Um, I'm going to go ahead and close out. Well, I'm just going to wrap up just two things for you guys to remember, for all of us to remember, okay? Righteousness does not come from us. It comes from Christ alone, right? In our faith, through our faith in him, that's how we are made righteous. Two, remember, if you have a notebook, put it in your notepad, in your phone, Micah chapter six, verse eight. It was talked about in the video. I think this is something we all need to have close to our hearts and live by, okay? It says, he has told you, oh man, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God, okay? Let's all aspire to live by that. And hopefully this, maybe we could make this world a better place. That sounds so cheesy, but it's so real. All right, y'all, I'm gonna go ahead and close out, okay? Father, we thank you. We bless your name. Thank you, Lord, for the message that came forward. I pray that you help each and every one of us to live righteously according to your namesake and to live and walk in justice to help those who need it, to be a helping hand, to help us to not have a heart of self-centeredness where we want to always do things because we believe it's for our own good without considering others. Your scripture is full of messages that tell us about caring and thinking about our brother, our sister, our neighbor. And I pray, Lord God, that you can help us to do that, especially in this time, in this age with social media and people are so quick to share their opinions and, 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 and not hear each other out and not be considerate of one another. Help us to understand and help us to be balanced because there will be times that you will call us to speak on your behalf. We may offend people from time to time, but help us know when our hearts are in the right place. Help us not go out into the world and contribute to the foolishness going on outside these walls. I pray that, Father, we can be better Christians, that we'll know you better, and through our acts, through our walk with you, people will come to know you. You are so good and so great. And I pray that all that you do, Lord, will be glorified. So I pray that you help us in that. And I trust that you will. So thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.